0: Good morning, noon, or night, wherever and whenever you are listening, you are listening to The Shift. I'm your host. My name is Doug McKenty. My guest on the program today is none other than the great Dr. Judy Mikovits, co-author of Plague, Plague of Corruption, and The Case Against Masks. Dr. Mikovits has PhDs in biochemistry and molecular biology and spent 35 years working in the field of immunology, natural products chemistry, epigenetics, and HIV-AIDS drug development. She has over 50 peer-reviewed papers to her name. Her scientific journey to discover the root cause of chronic fatigue syndrome led her to observe a relationship between vaccine manufacture and the release of the harmful XMRV virus, which has been linked to cancer, CFS, and other maladies. She also discovered that XMRV and other mammalian retroviruses hidden in vaccines often lie dormant for years— not expressing as a pathogen until the immune system is compromised by another illness, vaccination, or even old age. These viruses have now made their way into the blood supply, providing yet another method of transmission for viruses that act as ticking time bombs, creating diseases that can be very difficult to trace to their source. Through her research into the XMRV virus, Dr. Mikovits opened a Pandora's box threatening to expose the immunocompromising potential of the medical holy grails of both vaccines and the national blood supply. All the while exposing both the government and Big Pharma to liability in the billions of dollars for actions that may well have caused the deaths of millions with no end in sight. Despite enduring arrest, blacklisting, and countless public smear campaigns, Judy Mikevitz's courage and her dedication to the ideals of scientific integrity have caused her to embrace a whistleblower status and dedicate her life to exposing the plague of corruption that infests the establishment medical hierarchy at its highest levels. Stay tuned for this fascinating conversation with Dr. Judy Mikevitz, where we will get into the science and politics behind the retrovirus plague potentially affecting tens of millions of Americans today and the medical corruption seeking to cover it up. Don't take our word for it. Please do your own research. Find out more about her work and order Plague or Plague of Corruption on the web at www.plagethebook.com. Find out more about The Shift with Doug McKenty on YouTube and Facebook, at D. McKenty on Twitter, or on the web at www.theshiftnow.com. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast. As in an age of internet censorship, we rely on listeners like you to distribute this information to the public. I'd like to welcome Dr. Judy Mikovits onto the program and thank her for helping to make the shift. Hello everybody and welcome to this 56th episode of The Shift. I'm your host. My name is Doug McKenty. I am pleased to announce that I'm joined today by Judy Mikovits, Dr. Judy Mikovits, the uh, co-author of Plague and Plague of Corruption. Uh, she's obviously um, one of the big players in the fight for healthcare freedom that we have in the United States today. And of course, um, she's been becoming famous or infamous for uh, having isolated the XMRV retrovirus and uh, discovering some of the dangers that are involved with that. So I am excited to have her on the show and I can't wait to get the full story straight from her mouth and from her point of view. So how are you doing today, Dr. Mikovits?
1: I'm doing very well today. Um, Sorry, you cut out just a little bit, but uh, no, doing well.
0: Good. And you want to give us just a little bit of your history and your backstory and and let people know. um, Maybe you could just kind of tell the story in your own words about discovering um, the retrovirus. And then, um, you know, just kind of what happened after that, the attacks that you've been under, why the medical establishment and the healthcare establishment has been so uh, hell bent on, Stopping this information from getting out to the public. Uh,
1: yes, yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm lit, I've, I've literally been in uh, in science as a biochemist uh, uh, since June 10th, 1980, um, where I worked at the National Cancer Institute for the 22 years from June 10th, 1980, till I believe my last day was May four May 11th, 2000, and One um, when I when I had gotten married in two thousand and went to uh, 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 join my husband in California and and work at Epigenics uh, Pharmaceuticals as the head of their cancer biology program. So my expertise over all of that time is um, biological therapies um, and natural product therapies, developing drugs for um, HIV um, a, a retrovirus associated diseases, AIDS, um, HIV, HTLV1, okay. um, and, uh, uh, and, and other retroviruses, um, that, that were discovered and associated, um, Um, literally causing AIDS and cancers. The last job I started at Fort Detrick, as I mentioned, June 10th, 1980, as an entry-level technician purifying type one interferon, which uh, at the time on March 31st was on the cover of Time Magazine as the magic bullet, the big if, a magic bullet for cancer. Um, And so that that started my journey of understanding what kinds of biological response modifiers um, um, can, can heal and and cure um, retrovirus and other virus associated diseases. My last my last position at the National Cancer Institute was as the head of a laboratory of antiviral drug mechanisms. So my job was to understand the mechanisms action of drugs for um, For viruses, Um, the particular charge of the program at that time was AIDS-associated cancer. So things like Kaposi sarcoma, uh, which is associated, was is the causative agent for that, is um, uh, a herpes virus known as HH. Uh, V8, Kaposi's sarcoma associated herpes virus. And that was really discovered um, by Patrick Chan and and, uh, Patrick Moore and Yuan Chang because in HIV infected people, their immune system got depleted, particularly their T cell immunity. Adaptive immune responses were, were depleted, allowing the viruses to wake up, that is to activate and and cause disease. It's not the presence of, a, of the virus. It's the it's the destruction of the immune system. It's the inflammatory signature. Um, so um, at when I was at Epigenics Pharmaceuticals in um, in Santa Barbara, California, I first um, met people with chronic fatigue syndrome, which the better scientific name is myalgic encephalomyelitis. But in in that Um, In in that disease, um, the government um, had uh, marginalized um, myalgic encephalomyelitis, ME, and called it chronic fatigue syndrome. And all of what I'm telling you is detailed in our book, Plague and Plague of Corruption. So um, the, the, um, the foreword of Hillary, of our book, Plague, by Hillary Johnson, says a disease able to affect the economy of nations. And it goes through in a very short form, beautifully written um, literally what you just asked me, what happened, what mm. the firestorm was, what what happened when then, you know, I met patients young women, young, healthy, brilliant men and women who now could no longer function. And and so thinking back over my history in AIDS, what happened in HIV AIDS? Well, there were a whole bunch of people who weren't gays, IV drug users, black men, uh, I'm sorry, um, prostitutes, not necessarily black men. That's you. That's... Uh, You know, retroviruses don't know what color you are. Retroviruses don't know your sexual orientation. Viruses don't um, infect people preferentially. Viruses cause damage preferentially according to immune dysregulation. So, this is important to keep on that because all my life, it's not the infection, it's the disease. And SARS CoV 2 does not cause COVID 19. Absolutely does not cause COVID 19. Um, and we know that for a fact because, uh, you know, a 99.8% of the people with the infection have no evidence of disease. So spin forward to meeting those few patients, young women. Um, there were two of them in the beginning that I met there in, in Santa Barbara, California in the fall of 2005. And, um, what what I and these this story is told mainly in our book Plague. The first part of the story of how we stumbled on the isolation of this fam- new family of human disease causing retroviruses called the XMRVs. They were originally discovered and named that by Joe DeRisi and and Bob Silverman um, in men with aggressive prostate cancers who. Um, who had a particular defect in their type 1 interferon response pathways. So you see throughout my books, you see all the way back to the first thing I saw in medicine. And, And what I now know is type 1 interferons weren't allowed to be used in HIV AIDS, nor was the, the immune modulator peptide T, which, uh, our, our late colleague, um, Candace Pert, um, developed, discovered and developed, which could have, um, Treated effectively, not cured, but effectively silenced and stopped the damage between the macrophage and the destruction of the T cell. And so, why is peptide T important? Well, in clinical trials done all the way back to the 80s, chronic fatigue syndrome was thought was coming up. And in, in, in exploding in the same endemic regions, in San Francisco, in New York, in Miami, but not in populations with HIV, not in gay men, IV drug users, um, prostitutes, um, but in fact, in women, in children, primarily women, um, but menopausal women, premenopausal women in children, in um, the children were more likely to have autism if they were boys. And, and, and the, the, the biological, the molecular mechanisms of the brain disease in boys with autism and girls with chronic fatigue syndrome is similar. It's just that girls would get the disease at puberty and young women and and, and menopausal women. And this wasn't the, the um, geographic. This wasn't the, the, the thing in, uh, of HIV. And there was no evidence of HIV when anyone looked by PCR, by protein, by isolation of HIV. But there was evidence of retroviruses. And uh-huh. another woman, Elaine DeFritis. Um, had isolated a retrovirus in the 80s. And this is, um, this is um, described in a book called Osler's Web, which Hillary Johnson wrote. So again, we've got chronic fatigue syndrome coming up during HIV, no HIV virus. And here, 20 years later, after I develop all my treatments, look at the associated cancers look at associated herpes viruses, you know, living that tumultuous time that is depicted in part one of Pandemic, where silence equals death. And it took decades before anybody believed a retroviral cause or association with AIDS. So how many people died in that time? And And this is Again, these are the topics, and I go into it quite well in all of our books, Plague and Plague of Corruption. Um, And so at any rate, so um, we isolated from that young woman um, and many others an infectious, transmissible XMRV. Bob Silverman and Jodorisi in the prostate cancer only did the PCR test, and it's so relevant to COVID, because what didn't they do? They didn't know the entire sequence of the virus, never did. And then, so we collaborated with Bob Silverman, because remember my last job at, at, um, at, at the National Cancer AIDS Institute was AIDS-associated malignancies, cancer. One of those is an aggressive form of prostate. Cancer, and now it puts to the target an interferon response gene, making men more susceptible to disease if infected with XMRVs. And again, and so they never isolated the virus. They and and so that's where our work was literally groundbreaking. We isolated it, not only from people with aggressive prostate cancer, but now from people with many people, men and women with chronic disease and children with autism. So we found, we isolated these viruses. We took them away. We purified them the best we could from the cellular debris, and we showed them to be in Transmissible to other human cells, mm-hmm. and in in and um, the confirmatory study. For, so this paper was published, and we showed protein, we showed PCR, we showed serology. Did you make an antibody to the virus? Were you really exposed? This was Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, nobody ever isolated the virus, to to my knowledge, from Magic Johnson. But on November 7, 1991, it was published in, in USA Today and Time magazine that Magic Johnson had acquired an HIV infection because in a routine serology test for his insurance, He got tested for the antibodies to HIV Mm -hmm. and do PCR as a diagnostic test. It matters today. So now in COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2 has never been isolated, shown to be infectious and transmissible and shown to be associated with the disease. This is what we did in very large studies confirmatory studies of ours was done by um, Lasker Award winner at the time, and now Nobel Laureate Harvey Alter's team with Shai Xing Lo is the lead author on a PNAS paper that came out within three months, six months of when we um, publish our study October 8th in the journal Science. So at that time, it was great fanfare. And in fact, Jonathan Co- or John Coffin and Jonathan Stoy, um, um, high up in government, members of the National Academies in the UK and the US, um, respectively, those two men wrote an accompanying article in the paper to our paper saying, one new virus, how many old diseases, mm-hmm. but what? Harvey Alter and Shai Shing Lo's work found was, oh, no, it's not just that sequence. There is a family of viruses. And it was clear from some of the data in our original paper, particularly the protein data that didn't match the PCR, meaning that it was PCR negative, And yet there, people had viral proteins. People were making antibodies like Magic Johnson. But it wasn't to, you know, but it wasn't to XMRV, the synthetic sequence we were being told was the virus at the time. It was to natural isolates that had actually been contaminating the blood supply since the days of HIV. So in HIV, when explosion of chronic fatigue syndrome came up, many people said it was EBV, the Epstein-Barr herpes virus. Many people said it was HHV-6, human herpes virus 6. And again, we know about HHV-8 and Kappa C. sarcoma. But if these two viruses were the herpes viruses associated with chronic fatigue syndrome. But they destroyed Elaine DeFreitas' life because they didn't want to show the association of another retrovirus. They also destroyed the career and reputation of Peter Duisburg. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dr. Peter's do said HIV doesn't cause AIDS. So now spin forward to 2009 and 10 and Harvey Alter and Shai Xing Lo published the, you know, just the the explosion that that literally almost got me killed was that Shai Xing Lo, the scientist, had been working in HIV AIDS um, along at the FDA. Um, as I was at the National Cancer Institute and others. And, and he worked on hypothesis, hypothesis that mycoplasma was the, the causative agent of AIDS. And, and it, you see in the different patient populations how it all works together, that these things are actually working together. So Shai Xing Lo had a box in his freezer that said non-HIV AIDS. So, it was people with the same, with similar T cell defects, Mm -hmm. with similar inflammatory signatures, with similar immune compromise, and yet they had this profoundly fatiguing illness. And you can see the plague of corruption led by Tony Fauci back in HIV, AIDS, and to this day in XMRV and now COVID, where what he said is those women are crazy. They're not infected. There's nothing wrong. So he, that box, non-HIV AIDS, 86% positive for XMRV, evidence of XMRV. And what was the control? The blood supply, 6.6% positive. A study we did in London, Think remember Jonathan Stoy? He's the corrupt scientist over in London. It's suppressing all of this. We did a study in a, in a cohort in London. Um, uh, the, the controls were the blood supply. There was a meeting in NIH in 2010, in 2010, the first and last XMRV workshop. And that's told, the story is told in both of our books in plague and plague of corruption, how the scientific journals, how the, how the, the gatekeepers of making sure people don't understand these viruses were unleashed on Americans and covered up since the 1980s. So when they called those women cra- women crazy and not sick, when they didn't fit the demographic of an XM of, of, a, of an HIV infected person, they destroyed the scientists, Elaine Defritas. Peter Duesberg. Remember, I'm a kid. I'm all the way back in, in, in Frederick working on HIV and cancer. I don't have any horse in this race. And I honestly didn't know what chronic fatigue syndrome was until I met those two terribly ill young women. And started making the connection and association with how the retroviruses and the herpes virus take out the same parts of the immune system to drive disease in people infected with both. They actually synergize. Pathogens rarely travel alone. And so people would say, well, HHV-6 causes chronic fatigue syndrome. But people infected with just HHV-6 don't get chronic fatigue syndrome until they get immune compromised. And the parallel is Kaposi sarcoma. That was a disease of old men in the Southern tip of Italy, you know, as their immune systems, as their methylation machinery became compromised DNA methylation. That was one of my PhD thesis discoveries, the epigenetic control Mm. of the retroviruses. And it's huge. And why we've changed HIV from an infection you can live with and you know, and, and not of a, a disease, AIDS, that kill you. So right now, the parallel in COVID-19 is the infection is not the disease. And what Dell Bigtree was showing on The Highwire just now at the opening of the show today on thehighwire.com was now HIV can spread through the world in people are given coronavirus vaccines, if, and, and they've known that since 2013, and in fact, we've known it my whole life because we never vaccinated an HIV-infected person because you don't immune-activate, turn on the inflammatory storm, and spread the vi- virus through the person, so and in fact, I was wearing a mask, um, or I was told to wear a mask in a restaurant in Carlsbad about two months ago, and um, they they said, um, you can't come in here. And I said, I'm immune compromised. And I said, tell you what, do you want me to spread HIV through this, uh, uh, you know, AIDS-causing retroviruses, meaning HIV and XMRV, through this restaurant, or would you like the common cold? You decide, because that mask is going to wake up the dormant retroviruses, all of them, and spread them through. And this is what Tony Fauci knew was happening when we published our paper. Oh, shit. She caught us again. Oh, shit. You know, answer it, Tony Fauci. And now he's sitting on that TV saying there's a long haul COVID caused by a coronavirus. No, it's not. It's caused by the activation of dormant retroviruses, XMRVs, HIVs, HTLV1s, HBRVs, a beta retrovirus associated with cirrhosis of the liver. And all of the diseases you see they're talking about on, in all the papers and all the publications, <laughs> they're, they're retrovirus-associated immune defects, not a coronavirus. Sure, it's weaponized. It's got HIV sequence in it. So they thought they could cover it up a little bit better if they just engineered that infect the T cells and the B cells. But XMRVs cause MECFS. And if you have HIV and XMRV, and you had HIV and XMRV in the late 80s and 90s, you died. Who died first? HIV didn't cause the AIDS, it was both viruses at the same time. And the cohort, when Tony Fauci stopped the corrupt um, so-called replication study of 2012 that was published in M-Bio, so so here Shai Lo comes out and Harvey Alter come out and they say, yeah, we've got evidence of these viruses. We confirmed it with some of our testing. And and here in 2012, we're going to do this very large replication study led by Ian Lipkin, ordered. By Francis Collins, the head of the NIH, during that 2012 meeting. He came in, he heard my talk about the UK MECFS association with XMRV. And we always do it by two tests, not one, two different means. Do you have protein and PCR? Do you have antibody? Do you have both? One test is not enough to confirm infection in our world, in any publication we've ever done on the subject or on any retrovirus. Um, So it or any virus at any rate. So he said, right. where did you get the negative controls? Because they were four percent positive. And I said, the blood supply of London. So where did t- where did Shai Shing Lo pull that box? You know, so the blood supply was so for 20 or 30 years, Tony Fauci denied an infectious association or cause of MECFS destroyed any scientist who dared say otherwise and any doctor who dared treat with antiretroviral therapy or other therapies. You remember, they're crazy. They just go to the lunacy ward. But what they never stopped the patients from doing was giving blood. So in our book, right. There's a, you know, in plague of corruption, it talks about the blood supply. So 4%, our paper, our original paper controls was 3.75%. At the height of HIV AIDS in this country, which was 1991, 1 million Americans. This is 25 times this. Remember Hillary Johnson's forward. A disease able to affect the economy of nations. And so what is COVID nineteen? It's a cover up of XMRV. Hmm. It's XMRV and SARS-CoV-2 and right. So so here now we've connected the dots that what the real issue in the government was what the real issue Why I had to be silenced why everything that you see happened to me in the And and to the really to the field it wasn't just it wasn't about me at all um, Was because here now in 2009 We've identified that in fact Peter Duesberg was right. Well, we knew that, that HIV didn't cause AIDS. Um, But, and and in fact, that we had been transmitting these viruses through the blood supply, through a contaminated blood supply and through contaminated vaccines, Mm -hmm. um, where we, as a community, the scientific community had, had, you know, Tony Fauci. She had led the, the marginalization of, of people with chronic fatigue syndrome said it's your bad behavior it's your you know just as we did in HIV it's your bad behavior why you got AIDS so now now these people were were supposedly crazy and not sick and we didn't appreciate we knew at the time in HIV there was a neuro AIDS, that had nothing to do with the, co- the ex- copy number of HIV. And now we could start appreciating that these retroviruses, which had been contaminated, had been co-evolving, traveling together in the various patient populations, um, had been contaminated the blood supply heavily over the last 30 years. It didn't stop. Remember that box came out of the freezer in 1991, and in 1991 it was 6.6 percent of the blood, you know, of of the healthy controls had evidence of XMRV and could develop AIDS if activated, with a vaccine, if spread through the population. And the government absolutely knew this in their vaccine program in 1999, that dormant viruses could pick up if you mixed animal and human tissue or viruses from other species and you injected them through the needle. You didn't know they were there because they were all... Radar.
0: And this happens, just to clarify, this happens because when they culture the vaccines, they're often culturing them on either the mouse tissue or the simian tissue, and then there are these animal viruses that are in the tissue, and so then they, they create the vaccine, and they, act, they include some of this animal tissue that includes these viruses.
1: Right, So that's the manufacturing plant for live viral vaccines are mm-hmm. animal tissues, bird, cow, monkey, pig, mouse. There's a lot of, you know, so and they don't clean them up. They don't remove the other viral antigens because you'd remove the other viral antigens so you see in an influenza with an rna virus these viruses like coronaviruses are about the same size as the retroviruses so this is um the manufacturing plant for the bat tissues the coronaviruses were the vero monkey kidney cells Mm-hmm. Their are XMRVs in the Vero monkey kidney cells. The Vero monkey kidney cell is a manufacturing plant for the polio vaccine. Ah, now we've got a little problem because we mandate that on little children who have not, um, a, 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 haven't developed their, um, immune pathways yet because that's what they're doing is they're developing their immunology and their pathways and we're injecting at 2 month, 4 month, 6 old heavily contaminated vaccines and that's what chapter 5 of our first book is we used to use mouse tissue so the first cases of mecfs and autism in los angeles in 1934 yeah so, so shai low showed 30 years of a contaminated blood supply and now we have 78 or 80 years, 85 years of contaminated vaccines. Right. And in 1986 when all liability was removed, they don't have to clean them up. But what but what did happen? If you understand a manufacturing defect, then you are liable. So what's the manufacturing defect? Can't use these animal cells anymore. Right. For any vaccine and every single person and so, who got virus from a contaminated blood supply or contaminated vaccine. You know, ME-CFS patients were allowed to give blood, even when our data came up. Look at SARS-CoV-2, go give blood. It's a right. lung disease. What are you talking about? You know, how this is why we know this is a plague of corruption and a pandemic to destroy the evidence what aren't we doing in covid-19 it's the xmrvs and the coronaviruses and the monkey viruses what aren't we doing right. oh we're 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 not doing autopsies we're not proving the virus in the lungs infectious and transmissible just as i proved the disease association the cancers the multiple cirrhosis the parkinson and we're calling everything COVID-19 and now now we call them long haulers. Oh, you get a post-infectious fatigue What did tony fauci do and tony fauci's job at niaid? Is is prove infectious disease and treat them and fund them. Well, me cfs patients aren't in And the niaid They're in the national institute of neurological disease and stroke huh with with ALS. It's, it's associated with retroviruses, has been for years. And it doesn't matter whether it's an endogenous retrovirus, because we're injecting aborted fetal tissue in the vaccines. And so somebody else's endogenous retrovirus is your exogenous retrovirus.
0: Right. And that and means... Let me just clarify some of the science for, for my listeners, because I know I know you get passionate about it. But um, endogenous means, because we all have retroviruses that our bodies make, but the danger is when we inject exogenous viruses, which is from somebody else or, or an an, another animal, we inject that, our body's going to see that as, as an enemy, and the immune system is going to become activated. And then I also, will you describe how-
1: this is? We yeah, clarifying that we don't make them. They're part okay. of our silenced genome. They've been they've been deleted. They don't they in they they're called human endogenous retroviruses, the, the herbs, but rarely are herbs infectious and transmissible. But the expression of only part of the herb can cause autoimmunity and AIDS in the person. Okay. So I, I I've been saying COVID nineteen is in. Infection by injection. You don't need a transmissible retrovirus if you've injected these coronaviruses and retroviruses in flu vaccines. Every single flu vaccine has coronaviruses and retroviruses in them, whether they be from birds or dogs or monkey or mice.
0: Mm-hmm. So just, this
1: is what people don't understand.
0: Any animal that had a cold, basically, at one time in their life is going to have a coronavirus, and then you're going to, if you cultivate the the that vaccine on this animal tissue, then you're going to get a bit of this virus into your system. And then that's going to cause an immune response. Is that, is that right? um, the other thing that That's I wanted right. I wanted you to talk about too, to just to clarify, because the science gets so complex, is that you you discuss in the books how these these uh, exogenous retroviruses then are are injected into you via vaccine or f- via blood transfusion, and they'll actually kind of hide out in the tissue, so you they won't cause a problem as long as your immune system is dealing with them appropriately, and then the issue comes up then. When you get another vaccine, you get another vaccine, which is going to tax your immune system, and then it can no longer handle all these retroviruses that you've just got present all the time at this point. Uh, And so those retroviruses get activated. And so all of a sudden, then you have an expression, you can get the inflammation comes in the form of autism in the kids, like you're talking about. It might be CFS and it might be HIV. Is that correct? In adults?
1: Absolutely. And and in fact, that's that's what the high wire just showed. Uh-huh. Oh, wait a minute, we're going to be spreading HIV around because we we expand the reservoirs. More and more of your own blood cells get infected. Your blood cells, a retrovirus needs a, the proviruses stay in your DNA for the life of your cell. So whenever a cell divides, you're expressing more retroviruses infecting more cells. The only cells that really divide in our body every day. Blood cells, colonic epithelia, think of the explosion of colon cancer. So every time the cell, you make more viruses, you infect more viruses, um, you infect more cells, and and sooner or later, you develop AIDS. And and so you're more and more and more immune compromised, and then you die.
0: Can you clarify the relationship between these retroviruses and cancer? Because I remember, you know, we all—I I actually call it scientism. Like, there's a belief that everybody has that they think science says, and then there's what scientists like you actually know, and it's two totally different universes. You know, so where you know if you're a if you're a, a an un, uneducated person or not, if you're not familiar with the science, you think, well, I inhale a, a flu virus and I get sick, and that's what we're taught. And that's viral theory, and that's what everybody thinks. So when I first heard that there was some kind of association between viruses and cancer, I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense at all to me. Uh, can you explain that relationship so that I can understand sure. why? Yeah.
1: It, it's a little like what I, what I was just saying. When you infect the white blood cells, when you infect immune cells, when you infect cells of the gut, when you express that, then the fire engines go to put out the fire. Okay. And that's called an in, in inflammation. So right. w- what the retrovirus expression does is like throwing gasoline on the fire. And it further compromises your, your immune system. So what is AIDS? Well, HIV infection is associated with AIDS and those brain cancers. Remember, my job was AIDS-associated malignancies. Well, why? Because it compromised the part of your immune system that allowed the expression of the Kappa C sarcoma herpes virus. Mm-hmm. And so you got Kappa C sarcoma when your immune system could no longer silence the ex- expression it's not the presence. It's the expression. It's the spreading. It's the flame. And so it you compromise your immune system and you develop.
0: <laughs> there you are. Okay, great. We're having some connectivity issues today, but she's back with me now. So.
1: <laughs> you compromise your immune system because other pathogens are infecting, are, are, are taking out different parts of your immune system. Mm. Like when you get a bacterial infection, has been associated with that was mycoplasma was associated with aids herpes virus 6 was associated with aids c m v cytomegalovirus was associated with inflammatory eye diseases and brain tumors glioblastoma what's exploding and so but if you don't if you don't cripple the immune system our own immune system fights the disease Mm-hmm. Bites the keeps the infection silence and doesn't drive the injury of other cells and the organs. And this is exactly what we're seeing in SARS-CoV-2 does not cause COVID-19. It, it absolutely doesn't because 99.8% of the people are just fine. But what happens, regardless of the virus, whether it's weaponized, whether it has HIV sequences, we know we can keep HIV silence. But if we do immune activation events, what's an immune activation event? A vaccine. What's mm-hmm. its job? Tell You inject it. Your immune system responds. You have aluminum in there. It's an explosion. They send a whole bunch of fire trucks to the fire. It's like throwing gasoline on a low level of disease. It goes, whoosh. And then right. you get every time you have an immune activation event, then you get closer and closer to the immune dysfunction that causes AIDS and cancer. So that's how they don't cause the cancer. <sighs> The first human retrovirus family isolated was human T-cell leukemia virus, or now they call it human T-cell lymphoma virus. HTLV1 was what my mentor and lifelong colleague, Frank Rossetti and Bernie Poise, first isolated in 1980 it was published and associated with a very aggressive t-cell leukemia very aggressive leukemia um, essentially every it was called causative because every person with the leukemia that was known had the infection evidence of the infection were the leukemic cells infected no but but some. Thing was being disrupted, so the T cells divided out of control.
0: Uh-huh.
1: This is how viruses, and so we understand very well how the XMRVs are associated with the prostate cancer, with ovarian cancer, with breast cancer, because as I mentioned, RNA cell that type one interferon pathway. When when you have a compromised immune system. Then you develop cancers and and by definition the very old and the very young are compromised The very young haven't developed it and the very old have lost control. That's why old men in the southern tip of Italy So for me Yeah, thank you. It makes Yes, please sweetie for me. It makes perfect sense Right (laughs)
0: Well, it is amazing. I hope we're getting this across to the audience because the more that I've studied this, the more outrageous it becomes. I mean, they tell you they're giving you vaccines because they're going to prevent disease. But really, they're they're actually at the same time they're injecting you with these exogenous retroviruses, which can cause disease. They're giving you aluminum or mercury. And they're giving you heavy metals that are going to excite the the immune system that actually kicks in that 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 taxes the immune system to the point where these retroviruses can cause damage. Normally, your immune system will take care of it. And then the more vaccines you get, the more retroviruses you get, and the more your your immune system is taxed.
1: Your cells get infected. Correct.
0: Just just fascinating. I mean, you're really. I mean, what you're talking about, you can see why people are so frightened of of your theory. Is that the entire vaccine? program is actually doing the opposite of what it claims it's claiming to eradicate these diseases when in fact it's it's producing like a soft kill or a slow kill over a longer period of time where you end up with a lot of these viruses in your system and then any kind of triggering event could you could catch a cold right and then right. and then it's going to cause this cascade that could lead to any kind of expression of autoimmune disease. It could be Correct. CFS. It could be autism. It could be HIV. Cancer. It Correct. could be cancer. Right. And these be- and, and they can't be traced back to the vaccines because it's going to happen. In some cases, it could happen when you could get the vaccine when you were five years old and get the cancer when you're 75 years old.
1: Absolutely.
0: That's crazy. And, and,
1: this, <laughs> and this is the big detonate switch because you just said the key word, the cold. Mm -hmm. What is coronavirus? And they drive the mechanisms to where and but unfortunately, right now, and the data support that COVID 19 is a cover-up of everything I'm telling you. And they're going to kill everybody and say it was that coronavirus, and it absolutely wasn't. Wow. What can we as people do? take off the mask. They're dry, they're compromising that very immune system. You need to fight the waking up of those viruses and the common cold and the coronaviruses. That's, you know, never get another shot and especially do not get a flu shot.
0: Can I, because uh, what you're saying is just so absolutely controversial. I want you to to go through what I've read in the book. Like the the initial cases of CFS, as you mentioned, happened in 1934 after hospital staff got a polio vaccine, and then you provide information that shows that the the Rockefeller Institute, which provided those vaccines, quite probably paid off the people. Like they found out in 1934. This was the red flag for me. They found out in 1934 that it was probably the polio vaccine. I mean, if, if they they paid out for damages, they knew. So they've known, and that's what's so crazy. I think that's what people can't understand. This isn't, doesn't even appear to be an accident. This appears to be a long-term plan. And anyone like yourself who's caught on to the plan and tried to show that this is happening in terms of the vaccines and the blood supply, uh, you're just getting hammered. You know, you know, get You're a whistleblower, you get pushed out. I mean, one of the things that really jumped out at me uh, in the preface to Plague of Corruption that uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. wrote, he just goes down a list. Here's all the whistleblowers in the last 30 years. And it was just, he couldn't even fill the pages with the names of the, you know, he he listed dozens. I'm sure there's dozens more of uh, doctors such as yourself doing this kind of work who start to catch on. And then, you know, they're forced out of the industry. So it's, uh, Uh, the evidence is there. And you also, not just the 1935 event, but you, um, you can trace AIDS back to 1956 vaccinations in Africa and even Ebola. So do you want to just present some of that evidence that this has been happening? Oh, and also, I mean, of course, Simeon virus 40, which people may have heard about that. Mm -hmm. They got busted doing that in the seventies. They still haven't changed their manufacturing techniques.
1: Right and and essentially this is what the plague of corruption is all about because in plague where we detailed the science behind it I thought it was all science and I thought it wasn't obvious and I thought they didn't Know what they were doing and I right. hadn't thought about tony fauci and and chronic fatigue syndrome Uh, uh, you know, um, meaning tony fauci. I didn't remember tony fauci's role in 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 Marginalizing people and calling it chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what tony fauci did in in autism I didn't know anything about these diseases. Um, I'm a cancer and AIDS person, and then I saw it. And this is what we do in our book. So when when the book ended, all I knew is how Tony Fauci directed the fraudulent so called Lipkin study. Mm-hmm. So when everybody says nobody could replicate her work, what was our work in that paper? What did the abstract actually say. It said, we isolated for the first time infectious transmissible XMRV from humans, from humans, and strongly associated it with MECFS. That's what the paper said. Every single paper, the controls were 4%. That's evidence of human infection. That, that's, that replicates our study. But what the government did, and Tony Fauci led the way with Ian Lipkin, who was part of the, per, the scientist at Columbia, Dr. Um, w. Ian Lipkin, he is the one who debunked the MMR association with autism. Hmm. What did our paper show? Um, Actually, one of the studies I did, there's a blood disease called ITP, idiopathic thrombocytopenia. It's a bleeding disorder, platelet disease. So one of the experts on ITP, which is exploding, there's about 4%. We just keep coming up to that 4% of of people in America have ITP. All of the diseases you could associate. So one of the world's experts on it, um, his student called me when our paper came out and said, hey, some of our patients with ITP get extra super tired, extra super Fatigued. See the fatigue Uh is the you know how we call them. Oh, you just have to be you're just tired You're just lazy and Bobby Kennedy did a fabulous job of of explaining that in the forward as well So again the long story short. Yeah, it had no association with fatigue, but 33% of the people with ITP have Evidence of XMRV in that double that blinded study we did with our techniques so um, What is on the material data safety sheet of? MMR as a possible dis, um, Adverse reaction to MMR ITP now mmr is liable because we put a plausible biologic theory to heavily contaminated lots let's just call it hot lots of mmr where there's more retrovirus expressed and injected in some lots than others associated with disease so like you just said Harold Barmas has known since the '90s, and I, I can, you know, I, I put together these slideshows. So, you know, we 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 do have to check out of here eventually. Um, but right?
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> I know. asked
1: for a little extra time because I was late. But at any rate, the um, if you have a manufacturing defect, if you know how an injection can cause a disease, then then the manufacturers are liable. And the and then nvi that national vaccine injury um act that that gives liability free to big pharma Now they're liable. So what are they liable for six percent of america? 25 million americans who are asymptomatic carriers of retroviruses XMRVs, you can make the M stand for monkey and mouse. You know, Mm -hmm. monkey and mouse retrovirus. HIV is in the coronavirus strain, several of them. And what do they grow the bat tissues in? Vero monkey kidney cells. So we've injected these in people in the polio vaccine. What did Bill Gates say? Oh, let's give everybody the polio vaccine. Why? Well, it's it's actually quite serious because that's why I said COVID-19, they're going to kill them. Who's the first to die when they wear a mask? Autistic, people with XMRVs. What did we find out in 2011? Oh no, XMRVs are contagious. Ebola is contagious. Where did it come from? Fort Detrick, China. Tony Fauci and Harold Varmus absolutely know this. And that's why they, and they own the journals in London. It's nature. Remember Jonathan Stoy. You know, Mm -hmm. we've got these people, all their names. They've known, they've known from the beginning and they take out the women misogyny. That's the topic of our books. They take out the women, you know, they took out mothers and children as Bobby Kennedy always says, very clearly, you know, listens and Andy Wakefield, listen to the moms, right? They saw what happened to their child. You know, um, this, our paper in 2009 should have changed everything. Doctors, honest doctors said, that's it. Now we have targets. Mm. Now we have treatments just like with hydroxychloroquine, just right. like with type 1 interferon, just like with cannabinoids. We have natural products that could solve all of this, but why won't we do that? Because we have liability. They need to pay me, the lab workers. I'm infected and I don't have disease, do I? Well, I'm not putting on a mask. I'm not killing myself. They've been trying to do it for a decade. Right. Uh-uh. Not happening here. And I'm not getting a shot ever. So this is what, when we think about this election, you know, one side. So, you know, if I'm, I'm told by my Christian friends, you know, this doesn't have anything to do with God, follow Jesus. No, it does have to do with God. It absolutely has to do with job one one side is going to take away all our religious freedoms All they've already taken our ability to go to church and calm ourselves down, but they're also going to force us to be injected with any vaccine at any time, even those containing aborted fetal tissue, which is against essentially every one of my religious, you know, beliefs sure. and every one of anybody else's. This is this is this is a question of God and country in America. Because one side's already told you we're gonna mandate you in the mask. They right. already killed my West Coast mom with a mask. Mm. They'll kill my husband. They'll kill me because I'll activate the expression of all those latent retroviruses and they'll kill the autistic. They'll kill the vaccine injured. And that's the that's the game. Kill us and call it something else. And for a hundred, the next hundred years, you'll just say, oh, it was that Spanish flu. Oh, no, that was that vaccine. It wasn't a flu <laughs> and it wasn't. It had nothing to do with Spain, except Spain didn't buy the garbage. So they. And forever. Yeah, uh, deep, right.
0: I'm saying, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. It is amazing. Okay. I've, I've had the yeah. great pleasure of talking to people like you and Dr. Stephanie Seneff and Dr. Thomas Cowan yeah. here. And it's just amazing okay. what science, where science has gone. Uh, and I hope that, yeah. you know, we get a chance in the next decade to let the real, because actual science has progressed, you know, underneath this corruption to a place where real health is possible for so many people and uh so i uh absolutely. like we next see absolutely and i hope we can get this information out and get people okay. get people back on track they don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars on on big pharmaceutical uh remedies that don't work they can actually heal themselves inexpensively with the yeah. science that's currently available um so thank You're you so it. much for your work i really appreciate that you've had the courage to stand up in the way that you have do you want to let people know uh, the website or where they can go to get more information about your work
1: well our books are at plaguethebook.com and they're available at, at, at literally all major booksellers since now. Plague of Corruption is a New York Times bestseller. The Mask, The Case Against the Mask, is an extremely important um, uh, book because these masks aren't just polite or useless. They're dangerous. Mm -hmm. They'll drive the activation, the immune activation, the crippling of the immune system and kill the people who are most vulnerable. And those are the ones we've already injured with those vaccines we talked about. And I do know I was rushed today. So if you want to get back on in a day or two, happy to do it.
0: Well, you know what? I don't know when the next book is coming out. I'll definitely talk to you then, but maybe before, because I've been, and I, I think I'm going to talk with Dr. Seneff again about this, this whole concept of viruses and how they might actually even be helpful. Uh, that there's a, there's a function for viruses in a person with a healthy immune system. We're all so ingrained with Perfect. this, this martial theory of viruses as invaders, but there's actually this a, again, modern science, real science is starting to show that, that we have a symbiotic relationship with our virome and that in a healthy body, they, they serve a very important purpose. And I'd like to delve into that with you for sure. So I'll get back, I'll get back with you. We'll do a part two in the next couple of weeks or, or when, yeah, when, when the book comes out for sure.
1: Next week or so, okay. Yeah, for sure. Before then, because then I'll dig in a little bit more and have educated answers about the deuterium depleted water. That's my my friend and colleague um, um, in the book, Dr. Laszlo Boros and 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 Petra Dorfsman. Um, you know, they're, they're the experts. So I hate to say something wrong. They're educating me just as Stephanie Seneff is educating me about glyphosate and right. the whole. Stephanie and I have wanted to talk about because the glyphosate causes the activation of the of the viruses as well, sure. and more recombination events, so you get more and more things happening. So um, we'll get back on, and, and we can even do it in a few days if this was too
0: rushed. Okay. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Maybe I, I'm, I'm a little bit busy next week, but the week after, let's do it. Sounds like a plan. Let's
1: do it. Great. Okay, Doug, we'll do it. Thanks, Judy. Okay, thanks.
0: Appreciate it. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There was my interview with Dr. Judy Mikovits. I've been waiting to do a one-on-one like that with her for a long time. She's such an incredible lady, uh, and she has uh, such a history within the medical establishment uh, that she is just um, such a powerful force, uh, such a powerful source for a lot of the material that we are covering here, and her scientific knowledge is just almost unparalleled. Compared to others (laughs) that I've talked to, it's actually really challenging to do an interview and sometimes I have to feel like I have to rein her back uh, from all the science that she starts to talk about because I know it's going to go straight over the head of of the entire audience and uh, fortunately I've had a chance to talk to her a couple of times now in roundtable discussions. This was my first one-on-one. And I was able to take the time to really read uh, both of her books, and get a lot of the backstory. So, um, and I think she's even actually gotten a little bit better at at the messaging. Where I feel like in this one, we got the we got the point across, um, because what she is talking about is so huge that it's actually challenging for people to believe, even if they actually can get their minds around what she's talking about. I mean, she's saying basically that and I'm just going to paraphrase it for everybody to try to like completely connect the dots here, but they manufacture viruses, they manufacture vaccines on uh, a lot of times they'll use uh, mouse tissue, they'll use simian tissue, uh, they'll use chicken's tissue, sometimes they'll use aborted fetal cell tissue. And as they do that, these retroviruses grow in with the vaccine that they're culturing. And then when they go to process the vaccine, they take the vaccine, and just these little viruses get through uh, any kind of filtration process that they do, and uh, they stay in the vaccine, they get injected into you, and suddenly you have a monkey virus inside of you, or a mouse virus, and ordinarily there are endogenous retroviruses that human beings have inside their bodies that have a function inside your body. Your body's not going to think of it as a invading enemy, but when you get a a mouse retrovirus or a monkey retrovirus or, you know, from another human being, uh, a virus that comes in uh, from outside through injection, uh, suddenly your body doesn't really know what to do with it. And what she says then is these retroviruses will hide in the tissue. They'll get out of the blood and they'll hide in the tissue for many years. Your immune system will always be on like a constant low level trying to keep these viruses down from causing a a more of an explosion and inflammation inside the system which would then result in a cancer or some kind of inflammation uh, some kind of disease process starting to go on and she talks about these disease processes potentially manifesting as uh, in the past depending on the virus that starts to express itself you're looking at aids you're looking at chronic fatigue syndrome, you're looking at a variety of different cancers, uh, and you're even looking at uh, autism in the case of the inflammation getting into the brain and causing an encephalitis. So all of these things are connected. And then in fact, this whole epidemic that's happening, this plague that's going on across the United States and across the world in terms of uh, immunodeficiency diseases just all of this could be caused by having these retroviruses, these foreign retroviruses injected in you through the vaccine. Then not only that, but people have gotten these vaccines and then they've given blood. And so now these retroviruses are also in the blood supply and she's looking at some 6% of the blood supply is infected and 6% of all humans, according to her studies, are uh, you know, basically in in the studies that she and others have done, I think it's between 4 and 6% of the control have ended up having these retroviruses. So it's fairly common. That turns into tens of millions of people, hundreds of millions of people worldwide that could have these viruses inside their system and not know it. And then these things are like a ticking time bomb. Your immune system may function for a while to keep them at bay. But let's say you go in, you get another vaccine, and your immune system is compromised by the vaccine, suddenly the retrovirus is allowed to express and you start to have some fatigue. You start to feel some, uh, you know, some, some of these other symptoms go on or you end up getting a cancer. And of course, as people get older and their immune systems get weaker, well, then these viruses can start to express with cancers and other things as well. So This is a pretty big deal, and finding them in the vaccines and in the blood supply is really uh, embarrassing for the medical establishment. Um, The other thing that Judy did in the books that, you know, and I really urge you guys to read the books yourselves because there's so much information, but the other thing is she linked this all the way back to 1934 where the first cases of chronic fatigue syndrome came up in a vaccinated group. Uh, of doctors and nurses at a hospital in Los Angeles. And it really appears that people in the medical hierarchy, they should know. They should have known by then. They had the simian virus 40 um, controversy in the 70s, which was a similar event. Um, Dr. Mikevitz believes that AIDS could have easily been introduced into the, uh, into the, into the human body in 1956 57 uh through a vaccination campaign in Africa. So for decades there has been evidence that this has been going on and there is evidence of this kind of cover up happening and of course in 2009 through 2011 she starts to expose this with the xmrv virus and she gets hammered and blacklisted arrested and and the rest is history as they say. Um So this really gets to the heart of the medical hierarchy, and I just want to bring it all back, and I've done a number of episodes with scientists now, all of them pointing to really completely different paradigms in terms of healthcare besides the government corporate healthcare that is imposed upon us by this hierarchy because so many people say, man, there's no way they could get away with this. My doctor really cares about me. He would never treat me like this. If he he's the expert, he must know what's going on. Well, the issue is that we do not have a system based on health care freedom. You and your doctor really don't decide your treatment protocol. The treatment protocol is decided at the very top with guys like Dr. Anthony Fauci and then people within the insurance, the upper levels of the insurance business. They decide what the treatments are. And then in order for your doctor to get paid, they have to go through this this treatment protocol where if you have X symptom, you give Y treatment, and then they get paid Z, and that's the end of the equation. Doctors don't have a lot of uh, freedom of choice in terms of the treatments that they give you uh, unless they're independent, and you can still find independent doctors, and often, like a Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, those doctors uh, are offering treatments that are way outside of the beaten path precisely because... They know about the information from Dr. Mikovits and other whistleblowers that have been coming out for so long uh, trying to talk about these issues within the medical hierarchy. So I keep looking at, at this uh, as another cry to say that we, we want to decentralize healthcare and we want to have healthcare care freedom uh, here in the United States and across the world. This is a fundamental human right. And without it, uh, this kind of corruption really can go on. Uh, just like they've always talked about with Nazi Germany, people were just following orders. You know, people on down the line just following orders. That's how it got so bad. Well, you know, let's decentralize this, our system of healthcare so that our doctors don't have to feel compelled to follow orders from above, but they can actually start looking into these things themselves and they can have conversations with you, and the two of you together can decide the treatment protocols that are right for you. Uh, I think it would transform the system, it would uh, provide an intense amount of competition against the, the big pharma hierarchy. Uh, and that would drive costs down. Uh, there are lots of treatments out there. Uh, I think, the, like, for example, we've seen it with uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, and other treatments for cancer that are inexpensive and don't require uh, these really expensive treatments, which are, are being handed down from above. And I think we could see uh, a much healthier nation uh, at a much lower cost. Uh, with a system based on healthcare freedom, a decentralized system that doesn't lean on this hierarchical structure, which allows for the potential possibility of this kind of corruption at the top. So, thank you all for checking this episode out. Uh, you can find more of Dr. Mikeovitz's work at plagethebook.com, and of course, my stuff, uh, The Shift with Doug McKenty, at Facebook and YouTube, at D McKenty on Twitter, and www.theshiftnow.com. I try to get more and more people to the website. Please subscribe, like, and share. Uh, this podcast is heavily shadow banned. and uh, and I've been watching a lot of my my personal favorite uh, podcasters just being uh, taken down off of social media sites here in the last couple of weeks before the election. So it's getting much worse. The internet censorship. So uh, more and more independent media's. Relying on you, the listener, to uh, share what you're hearing so that more and more people can get this information and think for themselves. Um, So thanks again for listening, checking this out. I've got some great news. It looks like uh, here in a week or so, I'm probably going to get Dr. Mikovits together with uh, Dr. Stephanie Seneff. They've both said yes, so I just have to figure out a time and a date. Uh, And they're going to really delve deep into this whole alternative viral theory and combine it with the COVID and the glyphosate. Um, So it's going to be a fascinating conversation. I'm really happy that uh, I can host uh, both of those, probably the two most intelligent people I've ever, certainly in the realm of science, I've ever spoken to. So it's going to be a great conversation that we're going to have then. So stay stay tuned for that one. And uh, we'll see you all on the next one. Thanks for listening and have a great day.